Are you looking to connect with institutional investors in Brazil? Then you should seek out the good people at AMEC, the Brazilian Association of Investors in Capital Markets. AMEC brings together around 60 asset managers and pension funds from Brazil and abroad, which have a combined portfolio of over $130 billion. AMEC works to support minority shareholders' rights by fostering governance and stewardship principles that strengthen the market as a whole. Plus, they have lots of content that will help you stay up to date with what is happening on Brazilian markets. And we know you like high-quality content from insiders because you're listening to Explaining Brazil. See more at Amec Brazil, and that's Brazil with an S, .org.br. That's Amec Brazil, again, with an S, .org.br. When you need something, what's the first thing you do? You Google it, right? And tell me, when was the last time you went as far as page number three? Probably never. So why would you let your company's website be hidden in that internet wasteland? To get that prize first page, you need three simple letters. S-E-O, which stands for Search Engine Optimization. In short, these are magic tricks and tools that will make your site more visible to Google and to your future customers. Sure, you can pay thousands of dollars every month for a company to improve your SEO, or you can follow the SEO Mastery Training course on airyourvoice.com to become the top-ranked website in your field in no time at all. Are you ready to grow your traffic and increase your sales? Go to airyourvoice.com. The Brazilian Institute of Geography and Statistics has just published Brazil's second quarter GDP numbers and the results were slightly worse than anticipated and the bar was already set very low to begin with. Brazil's economy shrank by an eye-watering 9.7% as a direct result of strict quarantine measures enforced in late March and April. It was the worst quarterly result ever recorded since 1996 when the current methodology was implemented. Still, there are some silver linings to take away from the results and we will explain why things could have been much worse and how Brazil can recover. My name is Ewan Marshall, standing in for the Brazilian Report's Editor-in-Chief, Gustavo Ribeiro, and this is the Explaining Brazil podcast. Long story short, here is the picture of Brazil's GDP in the second quarter. The economy shrank by almost 10%, following a 2.5% skid in the first quarter, which means that Brazil has officially entered a recession. Now, there were some particularly worrying findings, such as a deep drop in family consumption, which is one of the main drivers of the economy. And on our website, brazilian.report, we have a full breakdown of the figures. But as bad as the results were, they weren't exactly far from what we had already expected. And some economists even saw reason for optimism within the numbers. The thinking is that the second quarter was rock bottom for Brazil, 
and that the trend is for things to improve from now on. But these experts condition this to the approval of structural reforms to reduce public spending, simplify regulations and improve the business environment. And to discuss that, we welcome Rodrigo Zambon, who is the managing director of the TMF Group in Brazil. Rodrigo, your company has a ranking of the most complex countries to do business in, and Brazil ranks second, only behind Indonesia. Why so bad? The way we measure it, uh, we measure the uh, just the tax environment, if you will, how easy, how difficult it is for one company to perform, report, and collect uh, taxes directly, indirectly. And also we measure uh, how easy or difficult it is for companies to hire or dismiss employees. I would say that to better understand the complexity, it is important to relay on two factors. First is the complexity itself, right? So you would imagine that there are many dots to be connected. So it requires a company to spend a lot of time interpreting different legislations, variations to legislation, so they can properly report out, collect taxes as required. The second one is that Brazil is also not only complex, but also expensive from the tax perspective. So there is a general understanding that, uh, you know, uh, complexity uh, and cost, you know, it, you know, creates a a more challenging environment for companies to invest on. So when measured by those factors, companies usually, um, um, uh, you know, get a little more, get a little more, say, um, uh, skeptical about uh, means to execute in Brazil. Here, there's one interesting fact. Uh, there is a World Bank study that shows that a typical company uses somewhere in the rounds of 250 hours to process just normal tax filings. Whereas in Brazil, uh, a typical company would take uh, 1,500 hours. This translates into a bigger staff, uh, direct, indirect tax staff in, in the companies. Of course, this is a, a whole uh, world of opportunity for uh, tax advisors, but this also, I think, translates very well the idea of complexity. And just to interrupt, but if we take an eight-hour working day as reference, that means that companies are losing up to 188 full days of work just to comply with tax rules. Is that what you're saying? Potentially, yes. Uh, you know, if you have one dedicated resource, potentially that would be how, how long it would take. If you look at staff ratios for the finance department, especially those related to taxes, Brazil actually has a twofold of... Uh, normal benchmark staff ratio compared to other international companies. So basically, that reinforces your statement. So your company helps other firms settle in Brazil. What is the biggest complaint you hear from foreign players who are looking to establish themselves here? Uh, when we have business conversations with international companies who already operate in Brazil versus when we have conversations with those international companies starting up in Brazil, those who have settled uh, in Brazil have seemed to be, uh, you know, they made the switch, you know, they, they have a, uh, a higher degree of comprehension of what really means to be doing business in Brazil. It, 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 it seems like, uh, you know, they get into uh, a state where they start accepting somewhat. I don't say this 
in a naive way uh, is just the way companies behave, right? They better understand, they accept it. The level of skepticism of those who haven't tasted Brazil before uh, shows, you know, in their face as well. This is really complex, you know. And I think this is one of the reasons we are, you know, such a large organization here in Brazil uh, is because, you know, <laughs> there's probably uh, this uh, Brazil story to be told, this Brazil context to be better explained. But the TMF ranking shows that tax complexity is not only a Brazilian problem, it's also a Latin American problem. Why so? So I think there are many historical reasons for Brazil being somewhat complex and the whole region. Uh, without, you know, extending too much, I think there is a legacy of a structure that has been built that seems to be less uh, updated than uh, the, rem the rest of the world. Um, you know, and I think by means of, you know, w going through this complexity, it is clear if you look from the global tax uh, framework that Brazil has uh, a more uneven system. And I'll give examples. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the federal taxes in Brazil are more towards um, uh, the social security taxes. Those are collected at a, a federal level and then state taxes are more VAT related taxes. And then municipality charge for services provided within the municipality. So say a large city collects a lot of local uh, service taxes and uh, it is difficult for them, for this city to give away that amount of revenue generated by local tax collection in the broader aspect of a more seamless, harmonized uh, tax system. So I think where in one way, historically, Brazil has sedimented a tax regime that uh, did not respect this whole idea of harmony. Nowadays, uh, I think the dysfunctionalities of those, or those, those, those legacy systems, right, tax systems, have amplified the differences. So I think the challenge ahead is to go through um, uh, a political scheme where municipalities, government, state governments, and federal government align on the gives and takes of what needs to be done so we can build something more simplified. And what else makes Brazil a complex country to do business in? For investors willing to, and companies willing to uh, initiate operations in a country, volatility, you know, political stability, uh, having the right set of expectations with regulators plays a big role in decision-making towards investments. Brazil, uh, I think, represents still a uh, more volatile environment than average. Uh, and I think this also indirectly reflects the way companies look uh, or, or it reflects on companies' perspectives into the way they, they frame investments in Brazil. Now, we all know about the need for tax reform. The matter in Brazil seems to be choosing which reform to go with, right? You know, there are several proposals in Congress at the minute. One of them was created by a group led by economist Bernard Appy. And we have already explained that in a previous episode of the podcast. In short, he wants to merge state and federal levies into a single value added tax, which would be a huge deal. 
But Economy Minister Paolo Gedges recently presented a more modest proposal which would merge only federal social security taxes into a single tax. Which do you think is the best way moving forward? We believe that a gradual approach has a higher chance um, to go through. And uh, in this uh, gradual approach, I think uh, some of the Pisco things, IPI, ICMS, taxes will get condensated into what they call the IBS, um, which is Imposto Sobre Bens e Servicios, in a more unified manner. And then gradually, there will be probably uh, constructions, uh, a construction on how they will address the municipality taxes. Uh, the latest news showed that uh, governments are somewhat willing to give away on ICMSI, um, provided that uh, there are some compensation schemes to be negotiated by the government, whereas municipalities are still reluctant to uh, give away uh, on ISS or ESES. So that's going to be somewhat interesting. So probably not enough, but on the right direction. And uh, I personally believe this should be a gradual approach, given the lots of gives and takes and the historical legacy that we have at hand to address. But the economy minister's proposal to create a single 12% levy has infuriated service providers, which are the backbone of the Brazilian economy. How do you see their concerns? Um, I, I think uh, it, needs, it needs further assessment and, uh, you know, we need to double click on that. Uh, the services industry participates from, uh, at a much higher degree on the federal tax collections. Uh, it's in the rounds of 30%, whereas agribusiness represents less than 1%. So it is a more taxed uh, industry. Therefore, I think it is a natural uh, reaction of the industry. You know, some players saying, hey, this may have impacts here and there. Um, it doesn't seem to be a situation where there will be a condition of a complaint-free environment. So I think with this direction, services gets potentially more impacted. Um, I haven't seen clear analysis on, you know, what this really means in terms of, you know, numbers for specific segments of the industry. But I think the general idea of the reform, which seems to make a lot of sense, is that it harmonizes a lot. So it diminishes the discrepancies, which I think is one of the greatest benefits of a reform, making it more uh, more simplified. And I think it allows the government to start collecting over a larger basis of um, on the economy. And then as a result, I think potentially uh, having the opportunity to collect even more. And if, if the government, uh, you know, manages the resources efficiently, reducing its internal debt, which would be greatly beneficial, allowing also the country to grow even more. Now, the COVID pandemic has hit the economy like a wrecking ball and local administrations are seeing themselves deprived of much needed tax revenue. And these reform proposals are, are going to affect the revenue. And like you said, there's no complaint-free scenario. In your opinion, is there a climate for reform? Uh, I think it's it's fair to say there will never be a perfect climate. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's a fair statement that the COVID scenario, I think, brings um, more clouds uh, to the sky. Clearly, I think what COVID has also created, on the other hand, is the sense of uh, um, 
need, right? There's more urge. There's more awareness that, uh, you know, Brazil has those discrepancies that need to be addressed. So I think the understanding of a huge historical issue that needs to be addressed so the country can become more and more competitive is becoming clearer. However, yes, COVID scenario, the COVID context, I think, also puts companies, governments in a more uh, protective mode, if you will. So one thing that bothers me when we talk about reforms and say, you know, oh, we should copy X regulation from Denmark or Y from New Zealand. But these comparisons are often made to countries that have nothing to do with Brazil. Do you think there's somewhere in the world that could actually be comparable to Brazil and maybe be used as a benchmark? That is a, a very interesting point. Um, our understanding is that it, it, it is very difficult to put uh, on the same basis Brazil in comparison to any other country, right? Uh, as you said, Brazil is a very large country, so there's a, an internal market component. So there is a good reason for the government to say that, uh, you know, uh, to justify the protection laws associated to, you know, companies producing you remember the uh, intellectual and technology protection laws back in the 80s that protected the technology being produced in Brazil and limited importation. Um, so I think somewhat difficult. If we are to set reference uh, as a potential benchmark for Brazil, it, it would be quite challenging because you would need to look into specific sectors. Brazil cannot be compared to one single frame, I would say. Uh, but I think as Brazil strives to simplify and normalize, I think we are better off. What we can see from by means of looking at the Global Business Complexity Index, that tells something, that's tell, that tells a narrative that is very, very simple to understand. Countries in general are striving to be more transparent, to be more simplified, as Brazil is. But uh, I think this is a race. And in relative terms, if you don't move fast enough, you probably lose ground uh, within, uh, you know, the, the whole contextual uh, um, of the, 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 the world uh, trade. And I think Brazil is fighting for its space with the tools it has. And um, so I think we, you know, our, our enemy in our reference need to be our own from my perspective. I think Brazil, we see everyday uh, investors with a huge, huge appetite to invest in Brazil, to get into Brazil because of the size of the market. Uh, they are willing to address the complexities. They are willing to tackle the cost challenges. Um, so I think the more stabilized, less volatile we become, you know, uh, there's a huge elasticity, a small improvement in Brazil. My perception is that it brings a more than proportional trend wave, if you will, of investment of, you know, uh, money uh, into the production uh, chains uh, of the economy. So I think Brazil needs to continue to, you know, look outside for what are the good references. I think Europe has some uh, good examples in, uh, um, to be set, especially in the cross-country uh, uh, trade. I think in the U.S., which has become, you know, more and more 
uh, protectionist right now, you know, but traditionally, uh, say, an open economy has some good lessons uh, in the international trade, international agreements uh, agenda. So I think Brazil has lots of things to explore. And I think if we look intelligently and drive a consistent agenda driven by the right principles, we're going to be in a much better place. Rodrigo, thank you very much. If you like Explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to the Brazilian Report, which is the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Ewan Marshall, and thanks for listening. <laughs>